Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Superflex City population, all the QBs, all the Superflex content, and all of you Superflexers. Superflex finally has a home all its own, and the city never sleeps. Superflexperts, Superflexible, the Superflex Super Show, and much, much more all under one city skyline means you never have to leave Superflex City. Every ounce of Superflex advice, theory, speculation, and strategy on the planet lives right here. Subscribe to the Superflex City podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts and get access to the only fantasy football entity on earth that is committed entirely to Superflex. Let the Superflex Authority be your tour guide as you explore these city streets. Welcome to Superflex City. Football.com and the DLF family of podcasts. That's stuff we all get. Is that me? <laughs> I was waiting to hear my name. <laughs> Good morning, Superflex City. Oh, that is the perfect intro. I love that so much. And it's me. It's me. It's that old SFD. And this is the super flex super show coming yeah. to you live from super flex city i mean it's not live for we should be live we should have went live <laughs> live on tape we're we're live nobody uh, <laughs> nobody's listening to us live but uh that's mostly their fault maybe next time <laughs> yeah. I, I mean i guess we didn't really facilitate it in in their defense but uh <sighs> Yeah, we're uh, but we are coming to you from Superflex City, and uh, uh, the the brand new Superflex focused uh, podcast 
This is a network, a channel. Uh, to me, it's a variety. Show. It's a destination. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's a destination. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the first like official Superflex City show you put out uh, yesterday, right? Yeah. Time goes by oddly in my head. But yeah, that was a good uh, introduction to the city. So anybody needs to go check that out ASAP, really. It kind of explains it very well and you get into some other stuff too so that was a good good listen there yeah i appreciate it man yeah so i mean basically what what we're doing with superflex city is we're consolidating first of all you know superflex super show not all of them but a, a lot of them are going to end up on that superflex city feed uh ditto with super flexible ditto with the super flexperts and then on top of all that, we're adding even more content, bringing even more podcasts to the table uh, and focusing entirely on Superflex. So like at this point, not only is Superflex the only place that you need to go, it, you know, not, not a Superflex city is not only the, the place that you need to go for Superflex content, it's the only place that you can go. Yeah. You know, and, and there's plenty of space to grow. I mean, for example, like, Anybody that's listened to the Super Show for a long time now knows that John Hogue needs a place for a solo show. <laughs> like here and there, like the world needs that. It's a it's a better place with that. So now, like, and I don't know if you're going to keep it at that or what, but now mm -hmm. you've got the Rogue Hogue, and you can go check out John and like some super flex strategies without the interruption of any of the other five members of Superflex City. <laughs> so you know what I mean though, but there's just there's room to grow in Superflex City and, and hopefully you all become a part of it. Yeah. It took an entire city uh for me to uh to fill it with my voice. I just have so much to <laughs> I've got a lot to say. <laughs> We're like, hold off, John. Hold <laughs> slow it down a little bit. <laughs> we have to have reveal parties here and there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's also going to be a place for for the rest of you guys as well to, you know, to be able to freestyle a little bit without the, you know, the the restraints and the confines of, you know, one podcast episode a week and, right. you know, um, trying to stick to a format. Um, you know, we 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 do that on both Super Show and on uh, Super Flexible quite a bit. Sort you know? of. Sort of. I get a little yeah. loose in the chops, you know, like some of them, though, you're right. Like, I think mm -hmm. they are a little bit more like uh, there's a little bit more format to them, but yeah. um, I could probably be better about it. Well, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. You mm -hmm. know, I, I think that it's the, you know, I think people like the familiarity. Mm -hmm. I think they like going to super flexible and, and knowing that they're going to get the public nervous announcements and they're going to get you know, studs versus duds. Sure. Stuff like yeah. that. They yeah. like coming to super show and, and getting, you know, some uh, things like next week, this week, you know, the standard operating sure. procedures and, and, um, you know, super six and, and, uh, you're nuts. And the, you know. the most amazing intro in the industry. <laughs> I mean, even if I mess it up, like I've messed it up the last two times, I'm just like, Oh, it's my turn. Like I'm too like enamored listening. I'm like the listener that's not listening to what's happening just because you're here with Hogue introducing you on the show. And um, dude, I, I'm not even like 
it's trying to stroke you or, or be like, he but can. Then, like <laughs> when you're here with Hogan, he introduces you like, <laughs> I don't know, dude, it's pretty fun. Like, I don't know. Even I was talking to Jeremy shortly after we recorded a super show that he was on. Um, what was that? A couple weeks ago. And he was just like, damn, man, when John introduces that show and I'm just like, right, dude, like, it's just <laughs> like nothing like it. Like, so people are probably tired of me talking about it, but, um, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's fun to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I appreciate it for sure. Yeah. Definitely dump in some rocket fuel so yeah. we can take off. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and, uh, we did just that with Superflex city as well. And, uh, um, I think that's going to be a, a very valuable resource for people just kind of overall, you know, yep. but like I said, I mean, not only is, Superflex City, the only place that you need to go for, you know, your Superflex content. It's really the only place that you can go. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get true Superflex content anywhere else. And I talked quite a bit that uh, about that on the uh, that solo episode that came out. Um, the only place you can hear it is on Superflex City. So make sure you're subscribed. We're already on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yep. Uh, Podbean. And there's a handful of others coming, you know, Google Podcasts, uh, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Um, Stitcher Wherever you listen. And, it, yeah, and if there's I, something really, we missed or you somewhere you're not listening, maybe we don't have it or you don't know about it, I mean, just reach out to John. He'll yeah, get it on there. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, everywhere that you can the that you can listen to a podcast, we're going to make sure that Superflex City is there because again, you're not I mean, going to the variety is endless. It's almost like you yeah. can have a bunch of like one book and a bunch of short stories mm -hmm. in a weird way. Like there could just be there's so much uh I don't know. I I'm excited about it. That's maybe my favorite description yet. Actually, <laughs> like the just a bunch of short stories all in one all in yeah. one book. Yeah. Yeah, I I really like that. That's that's always kind of how the library I, of Superflex City. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and but that's the thing, like that. This is, you know, all of those short stories. That's kind of it right now for true Superflex content. You know, and and I, I I talked about it on the solo show. I won't get into it too much here, but. Um, you know, I, I just think it's important for 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 people to keep in mind that, um, you know, other other podcasts will do a, a quote unquote super flex show from time to time, a super flex episode. And sometimes they'll even bring up on one of, you know, one of us, one of the team members of the super flex authority and and um but they still always want to talk quarterbacks and this is not a quarterback game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it, it's all about the relationship between, you know, quarterbacks and the rest of the player pool. Right. That's, that's what Superflex is actually all about. So with all that being said, and like I said, I don't, I didn't want to get too much into that because I just ranted about it for 45 minutes yesterday and you can go hear that. At, uh, on Superflex City, uh, just subscribe to that feed. Check it out on Pod, on Podbean or Apple and uh, Apple Podcasts, and you can hear it there. But what we can do today is uh, talk a little bit about the upcoming trade deadline um, for a lot of leagues. Oh boy! 
talk about strength of schedule, some possible trade targets, and maybe even some players to consider trading away ahead of the trade deadline. And we're going to go through all four positions because, I, I mean, we might not even get to them all today, but, you know, it, it's important to talk about all four positions and not just focus on the quarterbacks. Yep. Because people are going to get left out. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if you're if you're focusing on quarterbacks just because it's a super flex league, you're going to end up missing out on, you know, a lot of what you need to be able to compete and a lot of the a lot of values player values if you know if if you're just thinking in terms of like a super flex league all it is 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 it's all about the quarterbacks right and well and i mean and what um we're trying to even stress like you said and trying to get you to take advantage of and what john mentions a lot in his quarterback extreme strategy is like it's not always just about having those quarterbacks, but how you can also use them to take care of your needs if you run into one within the season and then how to value them and um, how how the rest of the league really has to handle you when you set the market because you you hold them. And that's kind of even like you mentioned yesterday, like, sure, like maybe you feel like you can go to other people to get a quarterback, but the truth is they have two to three as well. Like I have six, like I am running the market and and you don't necessarily have to take advantage of that market, but you, you can in a sense, because that's what they have to do to pay up. You can probably, like you said, get somebody like a first rounder or somebody else to help take care of your positional needs and still be fine at quarterbacks. If you have six starters for some reason at this point, that's insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, I mean, you're insanely lucky is more what I mean. So, I mean, you can afford to give one up and get value back. That's going to help you at tight end running back or wide receiver or whatever position you may have your own personal needs. in. maybe you lost Odo Beckham jr. Barkley, maybe McCaffrey or Mixon's been in and out of your lineup or more out of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, in it, I, I'm going to actually run a trade by you real quick. I just got this in DM uh, from one of my friends in the community. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention names. Just don't want to give you them away or anything. You know who you are. Yeah. You know who you are. <laughs> uh, might not even be listening, <laughs> but um, either way. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to call this person out uh, in any way. Don't want to blow up their spot at all. But, uh, this is kind of what we're talking about here. So he's asking about um, a potential trade offer where he would send Cam Newton and Michael Gallup and get back Keenan Allen and Brian Edwards. Mm. Now, like if if you're, you know, if you're if you're just thinking about Superflex as a quarterback game, you know, it it makes that it makes that feel. Uh, I mean, it's it's not really a harder trade necessarily to break down. It just makes it feel like uh, a trade that you know that, that you can't necessarily entertain, and you know the or you know <laughs> or or you're just kind of accepting the fact that you're giving up Cam Newton and therefore just destroying your superflex team, you know. So a little context here. He also has Pat Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Mm, so only um, three quarterbacks. 
Yeah. I mean, he's got a bunch of other guys on the bench, you know, Fitzpatrick, Mariota. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jake Lutton, I guess, will get another start, but Taysom right. Hill could potentially get a start. I, I don't – I mean, it's going to be Jameis Winston, right? Yeah, but, yeah, I think so. I think you'll see Hill playing a similar role to what he has all season, maybe a little bit more, yeah. but it sounds like Winston. Yeah, yeah, I think so too, and it's, that that situation is just so weird. But, um, yeah, um, you know, Garrett Gilbert, who should be the starter the rest of the way, um, and then Jake Fromm is also on his bench. Dalton's which, starting this week. Oh, that's right. He's back. Yeah. 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 Dalton's back. So yeah, I mean, Gilbert's kind of a drop at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of those guys, I mean, they don't really count as quarterbacks. <laughs> like they're, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. They're a couple steps away, but so yeah, for, for all intents and purposes, he's down to three quarterbacks, Mahomes, Russ and Cam Newton, man. And so he's talking about trading away, Cam Newton, Michael yeah. Gallup for Keenan uh, Keenan Allen and Brian Edwards, which man, I know to I me, like Keenan Allen more than you too. Well, yeah, you you do, and and I mean, this is also you know going back to my quarterback extreme strategy. Yep. You know, there's like I think that that value is a little bit closer than people think, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess where I was saying it makes it it makes it hard to entertain that trade if you if you're thinking about Superflex mm-hmm. as a quarterback game is you know you you're it, it I mean I I and I think I actually misspoke it actually makes it harder for the other the other team to accept that you mm. know give up Keenan Keenan Allen for Cam Gotcha. Newton. Because you're thinking in terms of, I mean, Cam Newton in the hierarchy of quarterbacks is, you know, all is fairly low on the list right now and dry. Right. <laughs> like his yep. arrow is pointing down. Yep. He's played like shit, man, <laughs> for yeah. several weeks now. Yep. Set um, the world on fire the first couple of weeks and then it's kind of just been downhill ever since he got COVID. Yeah. He's got a decent schedule coming up, and that's something that, that we kind of – that's the angle that we want to take so, uh, in this episode. But Do you happen to know anything about the team getting Cam? I, like, I Are don't. they a team that um, completely neglected the position, like worse off than this guy that has uh, – I mean, because he's got two good quarterbacks, but then you, yeah. you, you kind of want him to have that third. So it starts to get – I don't feel like he's in a position to sell Cam. If he was, I love the value on that. To be honest, I love getting Keenan Allen and Brian Edwards and mm-hmm. Gallup. I don't care about. I almost want to counter <laughs> with uh, Gallup for Edwards and just see if I can make that happen. I was gonna say, like you know, just just getting those two pieces out of the way, yeah. just to simplify this a little bit, it does feel like Gallup for Edwards is awfully close. Yeah. Like you're not really pulling from the value of Keenan Allen to build up Brian Edwards to equal Michael Gallup. Yep. At least, you know, at least in my opinion, like it it doesn't feel like you have to do that. So yeah. So I mean, we can really just kind of, you know, scratch those guys out and just talk about Cam Newton straight up for Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, that like that's the thing. If you're thinking about Superflex as a quarterback game, again, you know, you're you're not gonna put a whole lot of value on Cam Newton. Right. If you're thinking about, you know, quarterbacks relative to the rest of these positions, all of a sudden, you know, the fact that you're going from three quarterbacks to two, you're a contender. You know, Keenan Allen is certainly going to help a contender like that. That makes this, uh, you know, this is this is a, a contender trying to um, add another starting wide receiver and solidify the wide receiver position going into the playoffs. And, you know, so so, you know, it, it that part makes some sense. But the problem is you're going from, you know, if if you do lose either Russell Wilson or Pat Mahomes to an injury, I mean, you're done. Yeah. You know, you went from contender to, you know, like you, and, and what's worse is you're probably still going to make the playoffs and have absolutely no chance of doing yeah. anything when you get there. Yeah. You know? So like there's, there's that risk involved and all of a sudden you, you kind of have to weigh, you know, the, the true value of, of the quarterback in Superflex, to, you know, the value of, of Keenan Allen and the value of solidifying a starting wide receiver spot. Like that's, that's how we're supposed to be taught thinking about this, this game in this format, you know, where do you start to see Cam Newton next year? Like 2021 Cam Newton. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's where it gets kind of tough for me. It it does a little bit. I mean, it feels like he's going to be a bridge yeah. somewhere. Like, here's the thing. So going into this season, we talked a lot about how, you know, the, the quarterback position all of a sudden was oversaturated. Everybody's got at least one quarterback. That's why Jameis Winston couldn't find a starting job. That's why Cam Newton you know, was, was a free agent up until, I mean, I think he signed in like July or August. Yeah. Pretty late. Something like that. Yeah. It was super late. And that whole time we thought it was going to be Stidham. And honestly, I don't know that they were that much better off with, right. the, with, with Newton. He was just so cheap. Yeah. You and know? I think that's part of the problem too, is there's, it's so saturated, like you said, but then every, every league outside of like, the Texans and the chiefs seem like they're trying to find their next quarterback. And, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of other at this point, but everybody's going young, you know, like you look at all the starting quarterbacks in the league from the last two or three drafts. And you're mm-hmm. like, Holy cow. Like the age is so young for the average starting quarterback right now. Yeah. And that, I think that's what every team wants. That new guy, they want their Lamar Jackson. They want, you know what I mean? Now they want their Herbert Their All those guys are just so fun. But man, now yeah. you start to look at like Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield, like those guys, and like right. even like Jacksonville. And so there's some teams where I don't know what happens with Baker down the road. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like it, it going into the season, it felt like everybody was pretty settled at yep. the quarterback position. Now, you know, a little over halfway through this 2020 season. All of a sudden, it's looking like maybe half the teams are settled. I mean, we could go team by team, and and uh, it's like this this could they could be looking for a new quarterback next year. Cleveland, even Detroit, dude. Yeah, 
De- I mean, Detroit potentially could. And and Detroit it, right now is one of the teams that's best off. Dallas is in a really pretty good position with Dak Prescott. Yep. But, I mean, he's a free agent. Like yep. you, You're going to have to franchise him again or you're going to have to sign him long term. And I don't know that he's going to take another franchise tag. Yeah, I could see Detroit putting somebody better behind Stafford next year, though, or trying to draft a young quarterback to hopefully develop behind Stafford for a year. Yeah. Like, uh, so I'm going to, I'm just going to run down this list for you real quick. So this is, and I'm going to go in order. Um, Like I said, we're going to talk about strength of schedule, but I'm just going to just go down this list and uh, this each team. And, and I mean, we're going to keep, let's count how many teams are actually settled at the quarterback position next year. So Cleveland, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, the New York Giants, the Baltimore Ravens. One, <laughs> Baltimore is the only one out of that group that I think yeah. is, is for sure settled for next year. Uh, Dallas, Seattle, the Chargers, New England, Las Vegas. Uh, I mean, Seattle is set. Chargers are set. Vegas probably is. I think is Vegas probably too. Club. I agree with you. Yeah. So we're we're up to one, two, three, four, four teams that we feel like are are actually settled at quarterback so far. Mm-hmm. Washington, LA Rams, New York Jets, Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs. The Rams and the Chiefs. <laughs> That's right. all you Yep. Uh San Francisco, Tennessee, Atlanta, Miami, Cincinnati. Um, to me, I mean, Tennessee probably is set with Tannehill. Yeah. Uh, Miami with Tua. Cincinnati with Burrow. I like to me. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I, I don't even know that Matt Ryan goes back to Atlanta. You know? Right. Yeah. And, you have to wonder. And like, you know, we just, so we mentioned right there, San Francisco and Atlanta. I mean, the reason Atlanta isn't settled is because San Francisco isn't settled. Yeah. Like Matt, Matt Ryan could easily end up back with Kyle oh, Shanahan man. in San Francisco. I like that. Yeah. That's why you need to be listening to the super show in Superflex city. Yes. <laughs> Dude, that would, um, I would love to see that happen. Yeah. I would, I would like that one. I would, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be like, what happens to, to our guys in Atlanta though? You know, Julio Ridley Hurst. Maybe Julio goes with him. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that'd be kind of awesome. Yeah. But then that hurts like Brandon Ayuk and Debo, but um, I don't know. I guess for me, it's one of those things. If he's going to go somewhere else, I, I really like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay. Chicago, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Arizona. I so Arizona set with Kyler. Mm-hmm. Green Bay probably set for another year, dude. You think so? Okay. I think so, man. Like he's had a great season. They can't just like be done unless they draft somebody now and they can't go with Jordan Love. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's I don't I think he's going to be there at least another year. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, so, so yeah, so we'll call it, 
Green Bay and Arizona out of that group. That's got us up to 11 teams right now who are set at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jacksonville, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, I, I think Brady probably is back for one more year. Yep. Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater. Probably for at least a couple years, right? You think? Okay. Yeah, even if we don't like it, I think, yeah, as long as he's – it was a big enough contract. I know it's not like a all-star contract, you know, but what's he getting, like 17 to 20 a year? Four yeah. years, right? I think I think he's – they'll probably go with him at least a year or two. Well, yeah. I know a year is this year, but I think, I think he has a couple years. And he's really picked up that offense. So, yep. yeah, I think they're probably good. Um, Detroit – uh, I mean, I still think that they're at least for another year, right? With Stafford, I, I like, hope so. But man, he's he's just beat up, man. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit on the Super Flexible show the other night, Bill and I. Just kind of how at one point you're kind of like, oh, he's probably got five or six years left, and now you're kind of like, yeah, maybe two or three. <laughs> 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 just the way he plays and um, the injuries he's played through, and. I mean, the dude is a stud. I mean, just the way he plays, his style, really like Stafford. I don't want him to go away, but, man, he takes a beating. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. But I think you're right. Probably another year. Yeah. Well, and, and we'll come back to that in just a second to kind of put a bow on that one. But um, Houston and Buffalo are the other two teams. Yep. They're both set. Um, so that's 16. Half of this league is set at quarterback going into this offseason, most likely. I mean, some of them might be kind of stuck with each other a little bit, you know. So what about like uh, Sam Darnold and Haskins? Yeah, Do you I feel like they would land on another team because I think they're they're yeah. not going to be with the Jets or Washington at this point. That's so the thing. What, that... Where do they land? Do they find a starting job? Because it yeah. looks now like we're kind of we just recreated a narrative where there's lots of opportunities for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. So if if 16 teams just are are completely unsettled at quarterback, I mean, some of these guys like Breeze, Roethlisberger, Rivers, like those feel like guys who don't move on to starting jobs anywhere else. Um, I mean, maybe Garoppolo. Uh, Foles certainly shouldn't. Um, Trubisky shouldn't. Like, right. Um, what about Gardner? I think, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think Gardner is still starting quality in this league. So, you, you think know, he starts uh, for the Jags next year or that I'm not so sure about anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of getting there too. It's It's a hard one. It's feeling like they're going to end up with, and here's the thing, like here's what we didn't know going into the season. This rookie class of quarterbacks is looking awfully deep. Yeah. Again. Like we're, we're looking at, you know, what was it two years ago? Um, when, uh, so it was, it was Baker, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, Jackson. So five first round guys. You know, it's it's feeling like that might happen again here. Five, yeah. You know, a minimum of five quarterbacks drafted in the first round. So, you know, all of a sudden, you don't have to have that first overall pick 
to be in play for a new quarterback for a rookie quarterback. So, you know, Jacksonville feels like they could be, that could be their trajectory here. For sure. So Um, if you're buying, like whether you have a trade deadline or not, let's say even kind of with a trade deadline, we want to talk a little bit about that, but are you going after Haskins or Darnold to try to get the easy buy? Do you have any interest at all just to see how it all plays out? I don't, I don't think that I, well, (laughs) everyone's got a price. Dude, is Drew Locke on the hot seat? He has to be, I think. Yeah. I mean, lost to Atlanta. And then the following week, you just get absolutely crushed by the Vegas Raiders. He can't lose Raider week. <laughs> that's yeah. the, that's one thing that, that we know about, you know, as, as, as a Bronco fan, I can tell you like, that's, that's one of the qualifiers. You've got to beat the Raiders. You've got to at least be competitive. There the is Raiders, no so. amount of freestyling in the locker room to make up for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how many dances, you know, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, you spit Seems all like the rhymes you kid. want. You got <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind trying to buy low on Haskins though, if if I could. I don't want to go out of my way to do it, but really? I would throw a late second at a team, see if they bite, and see if he lands in a spot next year where he's the starting quarterback. I think you instantly profit off that. Yeah. If I. I'm kind of thinking Darnold is the guy that I would be a little bit more interested in just because I think he's more likely to escape his current situation. I I actually agree though, but I think he costs more. Mm -hmm. I don't feel, I feel like if I sent you a second for Darnold, you'd be more upset than if I sent you a second for Haskins. (laughs) That's true. But a big part of that is, yeah. I mean, a big part of that though is because is the fact that Darnold is an NFL starter right now. And to me, any starting quarterback in the NFL is worth a first round pick. Yep. You know, so Just like you can giving you one for him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, That's the thing. And we don't know, like, yeah, we don't know where he's going to land. And, and he's a tough one to trade for a first because you're almost, you're almost looking for a non-contender either way with Darnold. So mm-hmm. why would they want to give you a pick? Right. You know what I mean? So you almost have to play it a little bit of a different angle. Like maybe that's the team that you look to trade Cam Newton to and get a, you know what I mean? Maybe that you try to do something else like that to get younger and still have a quarterback moving forward and maybe through the season, but maybe that's the move you make if you're trying to trade Cam Newton, even mm-hmm. if you're out of contention, I guess too, that that's a, it depends on how your team's sitting. Yeah. So how do you yeah. feel about the trade deadlines, dude? Um, I don't I don't like trade deadlines. <laughs> I think it's stupid. What do you <laughs> think? <laughs> I, I, I'm with you, man. Like I think it uh stop me if you need to. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll say now. But yeah, I think it I think it actually is bad for your league. I think it's I think it hinders the development of your entire league and it's it's something that can be used to take advantage of for contenders and for the rebuilders. Like I think it actually gives an opportunity for some of your less less uh, likely teams to be in contention over the next couple of years to find ways to start rebuilding during the playoffs. I think it also keeps your league active, and I think it um, 
balances the competition a little bit quicker when some of those contending teams go out for some of the aging vets and are willing to give like either damaged assets or picks away to get them. I think it helps the rebuilding teams quicker. Um, but, but a big part of it too, is just keeping your league active. And I think it makes, makes it more fun, you know, and if you have those teams that are just barely coming to set their lineups and then all of a sudden they can't even, there's no reason to, to look, you know, and can't even make any moves. Like, um, it, they, it loses a little appeal to them and you want as many people being appealed to your leagues all year round, let alone in the season. So for me, like I'm, I'm huge into, I just, I kind of don't understand the reason to not have it. Yeah. Or to not be able to, should I say to keep trading? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, man, it's, it's crazy. So I, I, I get the sense that, and I haven't been playing fantasy football forever. I started in 2007 with my first redraft league. Um, and I actually did two leagues that year. So that was my first taste of it. And, um, you know, kind of a, a little bit of an anecdote here, I guess. But, you know, in my first my first league, I drafted Tom Brady in the second round. Uh, people laughed at me. They said it was way too early. Um, and then he threw 50 touchdowns, you know, half of them to Randy Moss. They were just stomping on people's necks all season. And he, I mean, he, he led me. I, I ended up putting together a great team otherwise with guys like Lavernius Coles and Braylon Edwards, Andre Johnson, um, you know, Antonio Gates, who had a great year. And I actually drafted Brett Favre, too. So he, who he would have been the league MVP if it wasn't for Tom Brady's record-smashing season. But my running backs weren't great. And later in the season, I traded Favre for, uh, uh, I, I can't even remember who it was now, but I traded him for a running back. And the league vetoed it. Because, oh, wow. You know, because it would have made my my team better. I had already, like I was flirting with an undefeated season uh, and then got hit by bye weeks and lost my first game ever. <laughs> Uh, somewhere around like week 10, week 11, something like that. And, uh, but so I made that trade for a running back. It wasn't a great one, but it was a, it was a good running back. And, uh, and they vetoed it because it would have made my team better. And that was the first time that I was like, man, this is, that's weird that that's even an option. Right. Like, why do, why does that's the entire when John league... was like one quarterback sucks? I'm yeah, that was, flex, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was like, man, too bad I can't have both of these guys in my lineup. I'd be right. killing it. Um, but yeah, also, yeah, just the fact that they were able to decide, like, the entire league was able to decide based on, you know, not, not on like, you know, what makes the most sense for the two teams involved in this trade, but but how much better it made a team that was already good. Yeah, exactly. And it, I mean, it made both teams better. This other team was deep at running back playoff contender, but uh, they had just lost their quarterback and didn't have a backup. And we didn't know about streaming back then. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have, you know, that that's a valid strategy, but 
so you know that so yeah that was that was kind of my first you know and 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 i don't know i you know i'm sure that people who have been playing longer than me have tons of stories of of things like that i've had it happen a few other times since it hurts when people yeah people veto your trade because you know it would make one team better like that's what they base it on and i'm just like again you know at that point i was new to the sport new to the game but i was just like man you guys don't trust each other at all do yeah and (laughs) and, i mean there's a, a decent amount of uh any amount should I say of given time that you might put into a trade or that communication with that or the thought process. And then when you finally get it worked out to know that the two people that agreed on the trade don't even matter as much as like the other people in the, and you're just kind of like, Whoa, we're both good with this. Like, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's kind of just too bad. Like, yeah. Hashtag never veto. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm just, I don't even, now, having been through it for a while, you know, having played in in many leagues over you know thirteen years and gotten into dynasty and seen that, I, it's just it's baffling to me that those two things were even default settings in fantasy football leagues at any point. Number mm-hmm. one, vetoes. Number two, trade deadlines and redraft. Fine, do a trade deadline. I that's fine. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't love it. Because, I, I kind of understand it a little bit more in redraft. Yeah. It, Just it makes then if you have the bottom feeders, I mean, they have no reason to be making moves really because that, you know what I mean? If you're like yeah. a 12th place team or a 10th place in a 10 team league and it's that last couple of weeks and you are all of a sudden trade with like your second place best friend, you yeah. can, you know what I mean? You could, I think there's more opportunities for collusion within a redraft league. Yeah. But to me, the fix there is give them something to play for. Like all okay. twelve teams should be, it should have something to play for. A at bottom bowl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know whether it's a whether it's a character to stick. Like there should be something to play for. Whether or uh, weekly matchups, even. Yeah, yeah. Like weekly it, high points or something like that. Yep. I I have a league that uh, the first couple of years we did um, we ca- we just called it gambling, but like it would be a different thing that you gamble on every, every week you would, uh, you know, you would, you would bet a certain amount of money that, um, you know, that your team would have the highest scoring wide receiving group, for instance, or like the highest scoring okay. group of three wide receivers between your lineup and your bench. Yeah. That's you know? kind of fun. Yeah. Like, there, there's so many different things that you can do. If you're in a redraft league, man, like that, I I just I don't know about uh, about all of you, but I look forward to fantasy football so much. I look forward to the football season so much, and then to have it, it like it already feels way too short. Sixteen right. weeks already goes by so fast. It's almost over. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy. we're already almost we're almost there. <laughs> yeah, starting week eleven. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, this has been the longest year ever, like just kind of in general, but yep. <laughs> for the football season as well. But, you know, it, it's it's already so I, I look forward to it for so long. And then the season gets here and it's so short. 
And it's already like that to me when we're playing, you know, the whole 16 weeks. But if you cut that down to like 10 or 11, and then you tell me that I'm done because my team sucks. Right. I, I, you know, I don't get to care about this game again until week one next year, until September. You know, here it is. (laughs) We're, we're only in, you know, late November, early December. And you're already telling me that I have nothing to play for until September. Yeah, for sure. Like that's absolutely miserable. That's a messed up thing to do to people anyway. Yep. I'm in one, uh, and I think this is a good idea too, but one that, um, Dennis Bennett runs and he runs the league. Great. Like the work he puts into it is more than I want to for a commissioner. But uh, we do weekly high points, and half of the league fees go to weekly high points, and whoever has them gets it's fifteen bucks a week. So there's always fifteen bucks, and so it's not much, but you always have a chance to win fifteen dollars every week in that league just by setting the best lineup. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's man, like stuff like that, and it's so easy to do that. Yep. And it keeps it fun for everybody. Like, why wouldn't you do that? So, and, and, you know, then it, then it keeps everybody engaged. Everybody has something to play for. And all of a sudden you can keep trading and you can trust that people are, they're still trying to do what's best for their team. Yep. Collusion doesn't really happen. <laughs> like, I no, mean, it happens especially in once Dynasty. in a while. Yeah. 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 Yep. Every it's once in a while rare. or you'll see one or you'll hear a story and you're just like, oh yes, that is. But yeah, it's probably yeah. never happened in a league that most of us are in. You've seen some trades you don't like for whatever reason and they make you feel a certain way or the the truth is you should have just tried harder to make those deals happen yourself so you don't get all jelly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and so I mean that that pretty easily sums up why we always say never veto. You know, leagues shouldn't even have vetoes. That shouldn't even be an option much less the default. Yeah. There's, it, I I don't I don't understand why, you know, even even back then when these platforms ESPN and Yahoo and and you know why like when they first started hosting fantasy football leagues, why they you even know, have it as an option? Yeah, why you, they even you started used to like, like that. be able to secretly vote yes or no on trades. Yeah, and and nobody would know how you voted, and it's just like I oh, know, just just let them go through. Yeah, yeah. I remember and, even like getting to the point where, and we weren't even doing it a lot yet, but getting to that point where we're like, hey man, let's just push these trades through. Like, if this trade this trade process is in three days, but it's a Thursday night game, I need him now. You know, like let's just push yeah. these trades through. And like, oh, we're waiting like the process. Like, dude, that's so stupid. <sighs> yeah, like, so annoying. Yeah, like this stuff seemed very arbitrary. Like, why are we holding ourselves to it? We yep. know that there's a better way. We know that this isn't based on anything. People aren't actually making trades to help other, you know, bad trades for themselves to help other people um, do better. Like, they're not actually doing that. And if they are, you sniff it out so easy. It's right. as simple as this. You're the commissioner and, and uh, you know, or I, I'm the commissioner you just made a, a trade where you gave up one of your best players for one of their worst players. It's as simple as this. Swags, why did you make that trade? Yeah. Like, what does that do for you? For sure. And if you have an explanation, then fine. I just don't like Antonio Gibson that much. I, I yeah. felt the value <laughs> is at a point where I wanted to move on from him. 
Yep. He's got a, you're like, he's got a bad schedule the rest of the season. And I don't think he's going to help me get to the playoffs. So, yeah. you know, I'm done I traded with him. him and Brandon cooks for James Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel pretty good about it, honestly. Like, I, I don't know how you're feeling about James Robinson at this point, but yeah, I made that move this morning, actually. So I moved Antonio Gibson and Brandon Cooks, and I got back James Robinson. Yeah. And that's a thing. James Robinson actually has a pretty tough schedule. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I thought like, you were going to say good. It, no. Yeah. And I he's... looked at it that close. I was like, yeah, let's talk about it. You're not <laughs> it's a tough it, one. What are you, what are you seeing? And I still want to, I still want to get to that before too long. But it's, it's really just the next three weeks mm. is, uh, is, is pretty tough. So like if you're on the, on the bubble for the playoffs. Uh, oh yeah. I'm it's winning a little it. bit. Um, so he's got, he goes Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Minnesota is his next three. And then he's got Chicago in the fantasy championship. Oh, that is pretty rough. So I noticed this week I was looking <laughs> at this week, but yeah, he can do it. Yeah. I think he, yeah. And, I, and you were talking about, um, and I know we're all over on this, uh, this schedule, good. so we might have to do something more focused. But you were talking about Jonathan Taylor and his schedule. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the Colts, to be fair. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, that's going to be Jonathan Taylor. It could. Man, that's a nice schedule. Houston twice. So Green Bay, Tennessee, Houston. Those are all bottom four teams. It, it's stopping the run. Las Vegas, who's twelfth. Houston, who uh, they get them again. They're the they're the second worst team at stopping running backs from scoring fantasy points. The only problem is then you get Pittsburgh in the in the championship. But sometimes you just kind of get there and then see what happens. <laughs> yeah, know? there's gonna come a time though. Like, and as early as this week, I, I really believe this. Like, this could be the week where all of a sudden it's like what Detroit did last week with Swift, and all of a sudden he's the starter. He's getting all the touches. That's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor and Dobbins at some point. It's just going to all of a sudden be like, boom. And at that point, it's too late. The minute, Even if he doesn't have the most amazing week, like the minute like he's the starter, he's getting the snaps, he's getting the carries, Like you're not going to be able to pry those guys. They're already very hard to acquire, but yeah. it's kind of feasible that you could make the moves now, but not for long. Right. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's put a bow on the trade deadline thing though. Um, and then, uh, and then we can get even more into this. Cause I, I, I think you're right. And that could be an interesting trade target for people. Um, if, uh, if it, if, if we can convince some commissioners here to stop having a stupid trade deadline, <laughs> tell us why, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What what's the argument for it? That's that's the big question for me. Like Scott Fish always says, question the why. Why do you need a trade deadline? Like, what is the fear? What do you think is going to happen if you allow these teams to continue to trade all the way through the playoffs? Scott Fish, why do all of your safe leagues have a trade deadline? Oh, they do. Whoops. <laughs> I didn't mean to call Scott out on that, but well, we're hey, just questioning well, we're the why. Maybe he, <laughs> yeah. he, he, I bet he, he said he question a why. So and a good process, and I bet he could explain it well. Maybe yeah. we'll agree with it. Maybe not. Yeah, I come down on the side of uh, on 
Russ Fisher's, you know, dynasty outhouses side on this one. He doesn't do trade deadlines. I don't, I don't think, uh, trade addicts, I don't believe has a trade deadline. And I, you know, I asked him about it at one point and he, he was like, you know, like what's, what's the worst that happens? Like people aren't actually making their team, especially in dynasty. You're not going to ruin your future just to help somebody else win. Right. You know, you're, you're still, you're still like, you still have something to play for, even if what you're playing for is next year. Yep. You know, you're still trying to build a team that's going to be competitive next year. So you're not going to give up somebody. You're not going to give up a ton of value to help somebody win this year, you know, it, it without getting fair value back. Yep. And that's all that matters is that, uh, that it's, you know, fair value changing hands both ways. That's all we should care about. I mean, yeah, it sucks that you're in the playoffs and, and, you know, the team with the top seed just got better. They just added a better player. Right. But, but you've all seen Julio on the block for the last two weeks. Yeah. In some (laughs) situations, you know what I mean? And then somebody finally makes the move. So that's true. In some cases, they pay up, you know, and they give up a couple future assets that you'd also like to have or, or something to get that Julio Jones. But I mean, a, a lot of times those opportunities are out there for all of you, like within the trade deadline and, and for the rest of the season, for that matter, you should be looking like if you're a contender, you should be looking at those bottom teams and seeing what kind of aging assets that they have. Maybe they're not going to come to you. Maybe you have to be the proactive one and you need to make it happen. And then if you're out of contention, you need to look at those top teams and, and see what you could do to help them out and still help your future. And those are your trade partners right now. It's not very likely that in a dynasty league where like the top four to six teams are going for it, they're probably not your best trade partner at this point. Maybe I'm not saying you don't try it, but they're probably not. It's probably going to be harder to work something out with somebody that's trying to do the same thing that you're doing. Such a good point. Yeah. But and and I mean, like, what's their motivation to trade with you, anyways? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm really gonna risk making you better so you can beat me in the playoffs, dude. Like, it's so funny too. Like, sometimes if there's a trade that I like, the first thing I go to check and see is like, oh, John sent me a good trade. Like, am I playing him this week? Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, I am. I can't trade with John this week. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it's real, real stuff, though. Like, just like, nope, I'm not going to make John better the week he's playing me. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. The, so the one, tr- the one league that I, uh, that I commish that has a trade deadline. I mean, I do it in, in redraft league still. Just for one thing, it kind of wakes people up. And, uh, you know, gets, gets some kind of agitates some activity, um, you know, having that deadline, like, is it, even though it seems pretty arbitrary, like all of a sudden people start making moves cause, oh my God, it's a trade deadline. Like, sure. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's fine in, in redraft leagues for that reason. Um, and I, I think that it works that way in dynasty as well. It's just that. Like, is is that actually worth it? I to me, it's better to just continuously be able to, yeah, keep making moves. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, 
but so the one league that I commission that actually that does have a trade deadline is the Super Show Vampire League. Uh, six divisions, 72 teams. Each of the six divisions has a vampire run by, you know, one of our one of our favorite podcasts. And the, you know, so it, the way it works is in a vampire league uh, during the regular season, um, whoever plays a vampire, if you lose to the vampire, vampire gets to steal a player from you. Um, and then. So the vampire started off with this absolute trash team. Didn't get to draft. Uh, doesn't get rookie picks, and then kind of slowly builds up, gets more powerful. And then when the vampire wins the entire league, then the league ends, or you know resets, whatever. But uh, the league is done, and we're getting to a point here where the vampires are good enough to make the playoffs. Here in year two, they're already good enough to make the playoffs. They might not necessarily win this year, but they're getting close. So the one thing what we don't want is, you know, teams who are out of the playoffs helping to load up the other playoff teams to beat the vampire and keep from resetting the league. You mm-hmm. know? So like that's the because it's I mean, already hard enough. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Right, it's <laughs> it, it's 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 a fun league, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> but yeah, like it to me, like that's the type of context that where where it actually makes some sense. But in just a normal dynasty superflex league, like why wouldn't you want people to be continuously trading, com- you know, continuously working on their teams all year round? Yeah, you know. Yep. So I don't, um, I, I don't get trade deadlines. Asking for a friend here, somebody just because this is live, somebody wanted to know the Antonio Gibson strength of schedule. Um, Antonio Gibson. Um, so it's not great. <laughs> um, all the, but I mean, if you're a strong contender, if you're if you're at the top of the standings right now, so the next two weeks, it's kind of middle of the road, Cincinnati and Dallas. Then you get two really tough games, Pittsburgh and San Francisco. Um, but if you're already in the playoffs, you've already locked up that one seed in the Pittsburgh game, doesn't matter. And then San Francisco's week one of the fantasy playoffs, so maybe you've got a first-round bye and you avoid that one. Yeah. Then you get a decent matchup against Seattle and then a dream matchup against Carolina. Hmm. That's a nice matchup week 16. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So he's, he's kind of a league winner type if you can get there. So maybe even by McKissick cheaper. Yeah. Maybe if he's on the right team that fits your needs and you're still have the ability to trade. Yeah. You just got the da 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 da. <laughs> DeAndre Swift, questionable. Oh no! Damn it! <laughs> He'll play. No. He'll play. Yeah, he better. This is just <laughs> can't. Uh, speaking of Carolina, <laughs> I, I thought about like just putting some absurd offers in to get some more DeAndre Swift because you have to pay so much right now. But I thought about like checking checking out to see what that crazy price is. Yeah. Yeah, so 
now that we've established that trade deadlines are stupid, (laughs) (laughs) but we also know that everybody uses them still. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, they're in a few leagues. Yeah. The majority of mine don't have them. I'm always surprised. Oh, really? I'm always caught off guard when there's a trade deadline and I'm just like, oh, that's right. You know, I think that, yeah, probably three of my leagues have trade deadlines. Well, no, probably more than that. Probably seven at this point have trade deadlines. Nice. Most of mine still do. Other than the ones that I commission and the ones that outhouse commissions, I think. I don't, I think the rest of them have trade deadlines. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I don't like it, man. (laughs) No. So for, but for those who do have trade deadlines coming up this weekend, um, I I mean DeAndre Swift is a great one to talk about because amazing matchup this week. So uh, this is all you know, assuming health. Um, he's questionable due to a concussion. Um, it it is putting his status this week in question. But uh, if he if he were to go Carolina, uh, which again very good matchup. And then the following week, even better matchup against Houston. But then he's got Chicago, the third best team at stopping running backs from scoring fantasy points. And that's in week 13 when you might be on the fantasy bubble. After that, though, you get into the fantasy playoffs. He's got Green Bay and Tennessee, both bottom five teams against the run. And then Tampa Bay in the fantasy championship. Second best in the league at stopping running backs. Yeah. Like what's it, it? Are you just buying him across the board, or is there some context that that it would have to be satisfied first? Um, for me, yeah, he's just my <laughs> guy, man. I just kind of want to get him across the board. But I mean, honestly, like um, every time I kind of start to look at the other teams to get him now, it gets to be it's almost too pricey for my teams. I have enough shares, so it almost gets to this point where it's just silly and being just doing it to do it kind of thing to have. I mean, I, I own more DeAndre Swift flag. than any other player. I have him 18 shares over 31 leagues. So I, I have a high amount of DeAndre Swift just from when the price was a lot lower. I, I've never had to pay a lot for DeAndre Swift. Yeah. So um, I just kind of want more. It's just it's just kind of it's probably just a little bit silly to now that we're we're talking it out i probably should ease off a little bit <laughs> <laughs> well our <coughs> excuse me all right i'm going i want to ask you about a guy then who is not your guy um i don't know how much i've really heard you talk about him so i have no idea how you feel this, this, this one is one that we might be able to talk about in a vacuum a little bit, but uh, Dalvin cook has a very nice schedule here going forward uh, to finish off the fantasy regular season Uh, Dallas, which is kind of right in the middle of the road. And then Carolina and Jacksonville who are both bottom seven teams against running backs. But then after that, so here's, here's the thing, the three best teams is stopping running backs in this order, it's New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Chicago. Guess which three teams Dalvin Cook plays in the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, is that what <laughs> is it? Them, including, all three of them. 
Yep. So it goes Tampa wow. Bay, Chicago, and then New Orleans, the best team. Wow. At keeping running backs from scoring fantasy points you is playing against Dalvin Cook in a fantasy championship. Wow. I mean, that's the worst possible schedule. Like, other than, you know, maybe playing New Orleans yeah. twice. <laughs> I like Dalvin Cook a lot. Um, when he's on the field, he's amazing. The only thing I don't like about Dalvin Cook is then they don't throw the ball to my boy Justin Jefferson. But, I mean, that's just the way Minnesota's going to play ball whenever they have a stud running back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Dalvin a lot. Um, he's somebody that I, I wouldn't mind kind of selling. I think that he's going to lose value soon just because of the age cusp. And, I mean, he's had a lot of injuries. He's tough to trust. So, I mean, we have to get him to the fantasy playoffs, first of all. And then after that, we have to hope that he i don't know he's just that guy like has he ever played 16 games right <laughs> so, uh, no i don't i don't believe so but for me i don't know that's one of the players too like i want to look at getting him into a different team if i can uh, i don't know especially if i'm a non-contender and i know it's not all about the contention cycle but i like dalvin cook a lot i have no shares and i'm not going out to get any yeah. So I it, like uh, even if even in that scenario where I mean you're kind of a bubble type of team right now. Here's so here's here's our here's our hypothetical here. Here's okay. our scenario. Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm in first place. You know, deep at running back, Dalvin Cook has really kind of been carrying me as my RB one, but I do have guys on the bench. Uh, that I'll that I'll be able to plug in and I'm looking at this schedule and thinking you know it it's it's good the next three weeks but then but I'm you know I'm already in yeah uh and I've again I've got depth so I might even win another game or two and lock up that one seed um you are you're in you're in seventh place and uh need that you know, extra piece to get the push yeah yeah exactly um just to just to get to the playoffs are you are you making an offer to me for dalvin cook um knowing that he's got a schedule that gets you to the playoffs mm-hmm. but then what <laughs> i mean i would i don't know what pieces i have to to get to you like uh um who well so you're a strong contender so i mean i have to give you something that you kind of like and i don't even i'm honestly like i'm not even too worried about like what the what that package looks like it's more just like is that a uh, is that i would make a run at him yeah really sure i mean to get to the playoffs and it's tough because once you get to the that the playoffs you have that tough schedule everybody's not going to notice that as quickly but it does kind of get rough there but i don't want to say anybody's quote-unquote like matchup proof but stud running backs still have a decently safe floor you know their ceiling isn't quite as high with some of those tough matchups but you're probably still going to get your 15 points out of dalvin cook depending on your scoring format um I'm just wondering, I mean, what I'd have to actually offer you to get it. And well, and 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 here's a hypothetical for you. I'm wondering if you would do this too. 
So let's let's say you have Aaron Jones, but he's your only real uh you know stud running back. And you're looking at his schedule. Um this week he's got Indianapolis, fourth best against running backs. Next week he's got Chicago, uh third best against running backs. And then it loosens up big time. Uh, week 13, he's got Philadelphia, which is middle of the road. And then in the fantasy playoffs, it goes Detroit, who is the absolute worst at stopping running backs. Carolina and Tennessee, who are both bottom seven. So can I give you like Kenny Galladay and Austin Eckler? Or like Kenny Galladay and Antonio Gibson? Something well, I'm like thinking, that. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking here like Aaron Jones for Dalvin Cook straight up. To, oh, like, I, I want that, the Dalvin side. Yeah. Personally, I, I, yeah, for me, I'm going to take Dalvin all day. Okay. Um, I like Dalvin considerably more than I do Aaron Jones. Really? Yeah. Like even with that context though, the, the next three weeks, Cook has an amazing schedule. Jones has a rough schedule. And then you get to the fantasy playoffs. Cook has just a nightmare schedule and, Jones actually has a very, very nice schedule. Like, does that does that enter your thinking at all, or are you just kind of still um, just? Like, I don't want to say it doesn't uh, enter my thinking, but it it doesn't weigh in enough for if we're just talking running back to running back. It doesn't weigh in enough. I want the guy that I I like more and believe in a little bit more. And for me, that's Dalvin Cook. I, I would give you extra on top of Aaron Jones. Oh wow, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you probably have to actually. Yeah. That's that's not quite the statement that it uh it, <laughs> it didn't it it hit differently than uh I think what it actually. But did. I mean, for me, like I mean, dude, I wouldn't be surprised that through those weeks, even with those bad matchups that Dalvin has, assuming both these players are healthy, I really hope they are now for for this. But I wouldn't be surprised if Dalvin still outscores Aaron Jones. Really. In the yeah. fantasy playoffs? Yeah, yeah. Like 14, 15, 16, those weeks. Wow. Man, I mean, maybe maybe I'm uh, overthinking this a little bit in terms of the, the strength of schedule. Cause, and I like, don't think you are. Like, I think that, like, Aaron Jones still has, like, his ceiling-type weeks, but I think that Dalvin Cook's floor is relatively safe. Yeah. I mean, just with how they, they're going to use him. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking. For me, I probably I I would trade away. Like if I'm if I'm in first place, you know, looking to lock up that one seed, and then make the run through the playoffs. And I don't even care necessarily about the one seed, to be honest. But you know, if, but maybe if, you're getting the I'm, bye week. You're first or second. Let you know. It'd be nice. Week, yeah. Yeah, it'd it'd be nice to get that bye week, but I mean, if I've got guys with the type of schedule that Aaron Jones has, I'm like, bring it on! I'll play week fourteen huh. and and put these guys out there. But yeah, I mean, I like I, I I I put enough stock into the strength of schedule that I think I would make that move. I would move away wow. from Dalvin Cook in Dynasty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
And, and I mean, this is kind of why I'm focused on running backs right now, because in dynasty, I don't, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. So much changes in such a short amount of time at the running back position. Like talking about quarterbacks, wide receivers, like that's a harder thing for me to do, you know, for me to share that comfort with you. I, I just need a little bit back on top of Aaron Jones, like not even trying to be super greedy, but I do need, um, somebody like we mentioned earlier, like Brian Edwards, who seems to kind of maintain a certain amount of value for doing nothing, but somebody that yeah. maybe somebody's fine to move on from, you know, or somebody like that, maybe a LaVisca Chenault, um, Man, maybe even like uh, the Michael P. Ryan or somebody like that. Just I need a little bit something on there just to get me to feel like it's worth making the move. And I know that that's not like completely the conversation we're having here by looking at the strength of schedule and who's going to help get you to that payday. But for me to make the move, I still do need a little bit on top of Aaron Jones. Yeah. Which is which is totally fair. Like, I think that we would probably find a trade at that point yeah um and yeah i mean uh, i mean i like i would do it straight up i would do i would give you dalvin cook for aaron jones straight up just knowing like the difference in their schedule um the difference in you know their outlook for the fantasy playoffs and knowing that you know i don't i don't need those next three weeks from dalvin cook I don't really need those next three weeks from Aaron Jones because I'm on track for the playoffs anyways. And then I'm going to get there and, and be able to throw Aaron Jones into my lineup with that dream schedule. I uh, so much hope they're both healthy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I am curious to see how it plays out to see like how much this, uh, you know, the, this schedule affects, you know, Dalvin cook in particular. Yeah, um, I, I'm really curious because that is a dreadful schedule in the playoffs. And I I I'm curious if he's going to be able to overcome it. And I'm curious if people are going to be able to pull the trigger on starting him mm. because do people yeah. freak the hell out. And when John is to- not a start your studs guy. No, I'm not. I yeah, I don't buy into it. And, and that's all season long. I'm like, look at matchups. Look mm-hmm. at trends, you know things like that. I, I'm I'm not afraid to, you know, to start. You know, um, I mean, by then maybe Cam Akers is the lead back in in L.A. for instance, and that might even maybe that's not even a good example. Let me let me find a better example for you. Uh, Damian Harris. <laughs> Damian Harris gets Miami and Buffalo in. Uh, the final two weeks of the, oh, of the wow. fantasy playoffs. Those are bottom 10 teams. And he's been looking decent actually. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah. So those are top 10 matchups. So maybe like you know? Damian Harris and Aaron Jones. Oh, for the trade. Um, Cause you already said you do it straight up. Now yeah. you're getting Damian Harris too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would, I would do that. And I, I'm, yeah. I mean, just from a lineup setting standpoint, like I would rather, I would rather start the guys in the better situation and then in the better matchup. So I would, I would likely start Damian Harris over Dalvin cook without putting a whole lot of thought into it. What's a uh, Mixon schedule like before we get out of here and, and does Mixon come back? When's Mixon coming back? 
I know. Ever? I say day to day, but it seems like it, it went from like his back to his ankle, and I don't yeah. even know what's going on with Mixon. He's got a, a mostly good schedule. Uh, he's he's got one of the top five remaining running back schedules. Uh, it's really fairly middle of the road overall. Washington, seventeenth. Uh, 17th best matchup for running backs. Mixon or Aaron Jones? Um, uh-huh. at, at this point, I think it's Aaron Jones for me. Just With to, health and everything? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it is tough in Dynasty, though. I mean, we know where Joe Mixon's going to be next year. We don't know that with Aaron Jones, you know, so, but I, I, I guess that's a big part of my question for you. I mean, you know, even forgetting strength of schedule, just like how much, how much, like, are, are you willing to put aside the fact that, you know, you, you still have to deal with this team next year to it? Like how much, how much are you willing to mortgage your future? to get it to go get a championship like is that is that a, something that that ever enters into the equation for you though? uh sure sure definitely yeah. and and i am willing to mortgage a little bit but not like position position like that and not when i i for me just like dalvin i think dalvin's capable of so much more i think the way that the vikings run the ball is is an important part of their game whereas if I know, I know this isn't part of the equation, but if Aaron Jones goes away, like Aaron Rodgers doesn't need him. Aaron Rodgers, can, they pass the ball there in Green Bay. And so at any point, like if, if they need to, they can air it out. And I know Kirk Cousins like can do that here and there, but it's not the same. Like Green Bay is never going to rely on the run, I don't think. Even in some juicy matchups, like Aaron Rodgers is still, they're going to pass the ball there. So I think that's part of it for me too, is just the opportunities could be so much greater for Dalvin, even in a bad matchup. Yeah. But. Okay. That That's yeah. part of it for me, you know, in the systems that they're in. Yeah, for sure. Especially running backs. But yeah. Um, it is interesting. We've got, uh, we've kind of got two different philosophies on mm-hmm. that stuff. <laughs> Um, and, and honestly, like I, I always talk about how, you know, people should treat their team like it's a rebuild because we make the best decisions when we're Mm. in, when we're rebuilding. Yeah. I like that point. Yeah. And we, you know, we make sure to gain value. We don't lose value when we're trying to rebuild. Um, you know, and, and a big thing, a big part of it is your, you know, you're you're not quite as focused on like the on an exact player. You know, like yeah. right now, here I am talking about if I'm the first overall seed, and you know, or at least on my way to it. Like I'm going out and buying Aaron Jones because even though you know he's probably not going to give me a lot the next two weeks against Indianapolis and Chicago. After that, you know. He he should help me against Philadelphia, lock up a first round buy. But then, um, you know those those last three weeks: Detroit, Carolina, Tennessee. That's such a nice schedule that you know I I would 
you know, I would pay a premium to, to be able to put that in my lineup to help me go get that championship. And, but you know, so maybe, maybe for it like, is a bad decision. Cause I can tell I can't talk you off this ledge completely, but maybe yeah. like the, the middle is actually waiting for Dalvin to have these next couple good weeks and letting Aaron Jones have these next couple bad matchups. And then you try to make the move and you do get a little bit more on top of Aaron Jones. And I know you're good with mm-hmm. it personally either way, but maybe the actual move is, well, not if there's a trade deadline, of course, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't have time to make those moves. You have to be looking at this now. So wow, that when you it just throws so much more into it with a trade deadline, but yeah, definitely there's a trade deadline. You need to make those moves, but if you don't have one, maybe the move is to kind of wait. And after Aaron Jones has a kind of crappy game, throw a little bit, on top of Aaron Jones and then offer them Dalvin. Yeah. 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 If you don't have a trade, you want Aaron Jones bad. I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of do. I like looking at that schedule. I'm just like, man, that is. John talked himself into this before we even hit the mic. (laughs) You know, who's got an even better schedule though is Derek Henry. Ooh. Jacksonville, Detroit, like Green Bay. More. Now we're talking. I like this one more. Would you would you give if you're if you're in that situation, you're the number one overall seed, would you give Dalvin Cook straight up for Derrick Henry? Yeah, I'd do that move. I think they're okay. pretty even. D- Derrick Henry's nice. a little older, like by a year, I believe, but um he, he also had those first couple seasons where he didn't get a lot of opportunities his mileage is a little bit lower till these last couple seasons and i mean he's a beast i mean he's a game changer he's showed that he's healthier than dalvin cook um yeah i would make that move i I like that one okay nice all right so i mean i think that we we're we're definitely past time here we i think we kind of laid some groundwork yeah for uh for some trade deadline type of deals uh what maybe i maybe some sneak peeking for some super flex city stuff that's what i'm thinking let's some uh, short let's, stories yeah yeah we might need to take this uh over to a super flex city uh short story like you said and, uh, <laughs> if we can we talk too much i don't know, <laughs> I know. the other guys are gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah that's that maybe that's how but that's how we're going to uh, to dangle the carrot to go check out Superflex yes. Day because uh, we uh, we've got a lot more names to talk about. We've got a lot more schedules to talk about. Um, we can do some green, yellow, red, and uh, on on trades instead. Of, we usually use that system for starts and sits essentially, but uh, we can use that for some trade deadline type of type of uh, targets, type of deals. Um, so we'll do that over at Superflex City, so make sure and check that out. Um, before we go, though, Swags, so we never actually answered this question either. Cam Newton or, or Keenan Allen? Oh, man. <laughs> so I think that the the team, I, I think that they need Cam Newton more, unfortunately. In a vacuum, I'm a Keenan Allen guy. I like to think that my teams are in a situation to where I could afford to trade Cam Newton for like a, a Cam a Keenan Allen type, you know, somebody of similar value. 
Um, but in this situation, I think that you've put yourself in a situation to where you need Cam Newton and you kind of have to roll him out and hope that he's around next year. Um, and, and if I'm out of contention, which this team was not, I'm fine making that move. I think Keenan Allen's going to have more life in the NFL than Cam Newton does. Nice. There you go. All I right. feel like that's not how you would answer it. But yeah, I mean, the, the crazy part is, like, I think you could put Keenan Allen into your super flex if you need to and get just as many points as you're going to get from Cam at this point. And it's almost just as safe. That's not a bad point, actually. That's, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, I, I normally hate doing that. But. I know. Everybody does. And it's weird, like, I appease when I all of a sudden have, like, one quarterback in my super flex starting lineup. But at this point, man, I don't know. I really like Keenan Allen. He's 28. He's still got a couple good years in him. Wide receiver one numbers. So, yeah. I mean, the problem is if you're if you're trading for Keenan Allen, like how much wide receiver depth do you have? You I'm know, guessing you're taking where, care of a need on your team if if you're making that move. I'm guessing that Keenan yeah. Allen is an instant starter over at least a couple players. Yeah. I'm guessing that he's an easy start for you every week because if he's not an quote-unquote easy start i want you to probably maybe consider keeping the cam side but if he's an easy start for you every week then i'd do it but then at that point to your point now he's your easy start wide receiver he's not gonna make it to you're you're taking your easy start wide receiver and moving him to that super flex so you're you're putting that low floor somewhere else instead of having cam newton in your starting quarterback spot and Mm -hmm. um but that's assuming that you had an injury to Russell Wilson or was it Mahomes? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a tough one, man. I, I don't like to have only two starting quarterbacks in, mm-hmm. in a league that I'm a contender in though. So I feel like you almost have to keep Cam Newton. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that I would probably roll the dice and do it. You're just hoping like hell that Mahomes and and Russ right. both stay healthy. The other problem is, in, <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying not to extend us too long here, but uh, I I think it's worth pointing out because this is a battle I've been fighting basically as long as I've been doing this now. Uh, I I remember arguing on the very first episode of Super Flexible with Addison Hayes about this. Mm-hmm. But Russell Wilson has a propensity to shut the hell down in the fantasy playoffs. I don't know why it is. He's all of a sudden throwing all these interceptions, too. Yeah. All of a sudden, sudden it's single digits every freaking week from him as soon as you get to the fantasy playoffs. Are you going to really feel better with Cam Newton? (laughs) Well, that's fair. (laughs) I I mean, he he at least – he's always – (laughs) <laughs> he's he's always well dressed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean the nice thing with him is you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> At least like you know he's he's always up and down. He's always but where Russell Wilson is usually he's like he's steady for you. 
if not strong, until yeah. he gets to the fantasy play. The second half of the season, he's always struggling, it, and it's already starting again this year. Yeah. Maybe he so. just got some of his stinkers out of the way for us a little early uh, this year. God, I hope. And every year I say that I, I say that same thing. I'm like, all right, hopefully like that was just a kind of a blip on the radar. Every year he lets us down in the fantasy playoffs. I don't know why that is, but it happens every time. Yeah. It drives me nuts. All right. <sighs> Let's wrap it up there. <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts Mega Feed. Subscribe to Superflex City. And do us a huge favor. Uh, rate and review the show, the Superflex Super Show and Superflex City, actually. We could really use some ratings and reviews over there as well. Uh, but it more than anything helps us to get out to more people and touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. You can also get at us on Twitter, at Superflex Show. Even better, find us individually Swags is at Swagzilla Zero G, and I'm at Superflex Dude. This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catulus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. <laughs>